Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered, Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. All right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Elisa Curry Lowitz, and today it is Wednesday, November the 24th, 2021. It is a beautiful morning here in Ottawa. Beautiful. This is where I live, Ottawa, Canada. I was born and raised here. Any other Canadians in the house today? Like, woo, we have listeners from over 108 countries in the world now listening to the show. Like, woohoo, thank you. I'm clapping, I'm clapping. So wherever you're from, I wanna give you a massive shout out today. Thank you. You made a great choice by pressing play on this one. Why? Because today we're going to, we're gonna go deep. (laughs) We always go deep. I mean, change is, inevitable. Uh, It's the only truth. It's the only constant. And we want to talk about that. We're going to break it down. Um, We're going to break down some uncomfortable beliefs here today. And I, this episode might trigger some interesting thoughts and interesting perspectives. Trigger being a positive thing In some cases, uh, we oftentimes refer to triggers as something like negative, like we're getting hooked or we're getting like um, bad feelings. But we can also be triggered to make positive changes. And it's just basically like an action, right? A trigger is an action of emotion and it can be a physical action as well. So we're going to talk about things like having knowledge versus knowing, doing versus not doing, waiting This has kind of been a topic on my mind lately, waiting versus taking massive imperfect action and why we are scared AF to invest in ourselves so we can grow, so we can evolve. Now, investing doesn't always mean spending money, right? Oftentimes, like we see investing in our growth as like investing, spending zillions of dollars on sometimes like weird and wacky stuff out there or, or coaches, online coaches like myself or psychologists, mental health professionals, any type of mental health professional, even like fitness trainers, diet programs that sort of resonate with us, things that we want. Like it doesn't mean we have to pay or buy things like supplements or vitamins or or other health related stuff, right? Investing doesn't always mean spending money. There are other ways to invest in yourself. And there are two things that come to my mind immediately. I'd be happy to invite any other things into this conversation. Please let me know. Those things to me is to invest time and energy. Little do we know, but you are spending your time and you are spending your energy every day on things that may or may not be serving you, 
right? And this is so interesting because let's take what I do, for example, because most people feel stuck in some way when they start working with me. And so I decided to survey my, my, uh, some people on my email list. I surveyed 500 people, all right? And the biggest roadblock, so we're talking about growth, like how, why we don't invest in ourselves, whether that's time, energy, or money. We're talking about roadblocks here. So the biggest roadblock that people face, and this might be true for you as well, whether you're in a great place or not, the reason that they they say that they don't invest in themselves is, uh, well, these are the most popular answers, okay? The most popular answer is lack of time, okay? The next one is lack of money, <laughs> interesting. Lack of consistency or self-discipline, okay? So people seem to have those two things um, confused a little bit, uh, meaning um, they really believe that discipline is, um, or lack of discipline is also a lack of consistency. So interesting. They are similar, but I really believe that there's a lot of differences. And the last one is a lack of confidence, or another way to say that is fear of failure. Because when we lack confidence in ourselves, we're afraid. We don't believe in ourselves. We are afraid. We, we don't trust that we can succeed. So fear of failure, another way to look at that is a lack of confidence. And I know that's going to cause some dissonance in some people, which I will cover later in the show. We're going to talk about dissonance a lot. Fear of failure and lack of confidence are hand in hand. So these are the biggest roadblocks. The lack of something. There is something missing. All right. And therefore people suffer, they suffer, you suffer, right? And we all know that all suffering comes from something that we want that is not, right? So that sense of lack that lives in you, you're not enough, you don't have enough of something. It causes pain and struggle, right? Like so many narratives, so many stories we have told ourselves about how we don't have something that we want. And if only we had that something, we would be happy. So it comes from lack of, and our stuckness often is often built off of the belief that we can end the suffering by like willing it to end. (laughs) We just like will it to happen by waiting, by doing nothing. We just like think positive thoughts, all that crap. Think positively, put a positive spin on it. And in reality, all that does is allow you time to slowly but surely suppress that suffering. So stuff it down, have it live in your subconscious. So you're not thinking about it consciously anymore. It is now moved into the subconscious. And trust me, if you do nothing when you're in chaos, when you're in crisis, when you're suffering, when you're in difficulty, when you're dealing with hard things. And then these things sort of like go away. They go back to normal. Things go back to normal. You just kind of like get to, you think you're on the other side of the fence. You're not done yet. You're not. It's going to come back. The loop has, 
has not been broken in this, in this scenario. Even though it feels like it has, because things are kind of better and you feel like you might be on an upswing of life, you're not, like, it hasn't. Because the, it does feel that way because the pain is less acute, right? However, we have all been there. This has happened to every single person listening right now. You, this has happened to you, whether you're conscious of it, aware of it or not. Many times, in fact. This is how human beings are wired to cope with difficulty, right? When we don't have the skills to hold space for the difficulty and make choices for our best interest and and feel all of the feelings that come with that, we are wired to cope with those feelings and push them. And the path of least resistance is to suppress. We've all done it. It's a survival skill. You learned how to push it down at a very, very young age. And the process just repeats, repeats, repeats. And I know this is harsh to say. I also know that millions and millions of people would rather suppress the suffering in the moment and have it come back over and over and over again than to do the work to break the loop. Why? Because the former is familiar. You now, you know you can handle it in some weird, like, some interesting way. You know you can, you've been handling it. You've been dealing with it. You've been coping with it for so long that you just like want the pain to go away so you can just have your one day or your one week or your your month or, or, or collection of months that you're happy again. And then, and then the, the, the loop happens. Then the problem comes back because you haven't learned the lesson. This is the whole, this is the whole, it will keep presenting itself until you've learned the lesson, right? The lesson is, not suppressing. It is changing. It is evolving. It is breaking the loop. And breaking the loop, the latter in this scenario, is scary AF. It's scary to everyone. When, so when I rephrase that question in, when, after I surveyed the hundred people, we talked about roadblocks. And now when I rephrase the question and asked, when it comes to changing your life, so we're talking about change, and improving your overall wellness, what are you most afraid of? Okay, and I want you to think of the answer, your own answer here to this question. But I wanna also give you the 10 most popular answers. And these are the most popular by far, okay, to when it comes to changing your life and improving your overall wellness, what are you most afraid of? People said in variations, things like this, the need for perfection, which I'm just going to elaborate on this one because I find that so fascinating because I was there. I didn't want to start something unless it was going to be perfect. Meanwhile, I'm like this chaotic, terrible mess, so imperfect, like crying all the time, emotional, getting myself into sticky, ugly relationships, spending my money on the dumbest shit that just to like show off crap, like not investing or saving, not doing any, like that is what I qualified as perfect for some reason. And I didn't want to change for it because I didn't, I didn't want to, um, I, I, I wanted it to be perfect. If I was going to change the road needed to look just like perfect, 
the fuck is that? It's such bullshit. It's like this really interesting story. So like the need to perfection, need for perfection, to do it right, to be the best. Like, why would you ever expect that changing your life was is going to, you're going to be the best at it when you've never done it before? It's such a funny concept. And we get stuck in this loop. So we don't do it because it's not going to be perfect. We're not going to apply the job because it's not going to be perfect. We're not going to like... Uh, I don't know, even have a conversation with someone for fear that it won't go perfectly. It's like, it's so fascinating. Yet we're, we're okay just staying in this imperfect loop that's making us crazy. So crazy. Okay, next one. Changing myself into something my beloved partner wouldn't like. So there's a lot of fear that if you start to change the way that you think and believe that people around you won't like you anymore. Your sense of belonging becomes threatened immediately. And I I find this one to be such a powerful and consistent fear that if I change, you will no longer love me. Our sense of belonging is so powerful. And just to elaborate on this point too, I'm, I'm not gonna elaborate on all 10 points, but this one is just super interesting because, and I've, I've spoken about this many times before, our, our human nature, we want two things in life. We want to belong and we want to be authentic. And it's how interesting is it that when our sense of belonging is threatened, we immediately abandon our authenticity to belong. All right, so think about the ways that you've abandoned yourself in order to be loved or to belong to something. And the idea that if you step into your own truth and you start to be authentic, and you speak from your heart, not words that you assume someone else will accept you for, then we have that that sense of belonging is threatened. And that is a story. That is a make-believe story. All right? So, um, uh, well, we go into all of this stuff in the Elisa Unfiltered Inner Circle. And, and working with me is like working through these, these conflicts of belonging versus being authentic. But it is just a story. So these are, so let me continue. Number three, failing and not having the willpower to continue. So people are afraid to fail and that they're they're gonna start to accumulate some greatness in their life and then they're just gonna stop (laughs) and just not keep going, which I am sure comes from trying things that aren't authentic to you and that don't give you that sense of belonging and, and just not listening to yourself and having your own self guide you in this. It's very interesting. So number four, interfering with areas of my life that are not going well. So people are afraid to improve their wellness because it might interfere with other areas of their life that are going well, which I find to be an interesting concept. It's like you can't have two things that are great in your life or three things or all things. That's a deep-seated belief. That is not true. That's not your belief. That was taught to you. I'm going to explain that later. So improving your relationships, for example, in your home is not going to change your relationships at work. If anything, it will improve them because you're learning how to be treated, how you want to be treated, right? It's a very interesting concept. Another one is 
I'm afraid of my own thoughts. This one's really interesting and I love it because this is like super vulnerable. They all are. But when you're afraid of your own thoughts, well, you should be afraid of your thoughts because they're the ones that are keeping you small and hiding and shrinking your light. And the only way to change that is to pay attention to them and make change. The next one, not being able to sustain the change. Oh, well, that's kind of like the other one. Uh, Not knowing how to heal the broken parts of myself. Great. Yes. How the hell are you supposed to know how to heal yourself? We're not taught how to heal ourselves. Right? This is why investing in professional help is so important because they give you the how. They teach you how. You have to learn how. Right? Setting boundaries that results in losing friends. Again, this is hard when you start to evolve. Think about the friends that you had when you were a kid. Some of us are like, I have girlfriends from that I've been friends with for 30 years. Some of us have friends from when we were children. But you know, like, how many people had like a best friend in kindergarten that you loved and now you don't talk to anymore? You have best friends when you're like a teenager from university that you never see anymore. You know, people come and go in your life for different reasons. You evolve, you grow apart. This is part of the way things are. And if your friends right now are not willing to to put you on a pedestal and help you grow and learn and be who you are, why do you want to belong to them? Why do you want to stay in those friendships. It's an interesting perspective to ponder. And the last one is successfully reaching my goal. People are afraid to change their life and improve their overall wellness because they might succeed. How interesting a belief is that? Does anyone else ever feel that? I certainly, most certainly did. Because success is scary. Getting what you want can be scary. Especially when you have no experience with it. When, you know that saying, be careful what you wish for, it's such like a daunting dare. Be careful, because if it comes true and it's not what you think it's going to be, then what's the point? You know? And it's really interesting because success and having success is directly related to your self-worth and what you feel or believe that you are worthy of. And we don't really think about it in that sense. I mean, I I have told people, oh yeah, I I really want success. I really want to make a lot of money. Even back when I was gaming for the Olympics, I'm going to win that fucking gold medal at the Olympics. I'm going to win a gold medal, right? But when it comes down to it, the idea of that success and being and everything that comes with that was too much. I, I didn't have the capacity for that. So I would sabotage myself. I, I hit the ceiling of my self-worth. I couldn't, I didn't have the skills or the knowledge to go beyond that. So I hit the ceiling and self-sabotaged and put myself into a position of failure, which I was also afraid to do, but I had done it before and I knew I could handle it. How interesting. So the way I see this is that these are the reasons that people choose not to invest their time and their money and their energy in themselves. And I realize that there are many other reasons out there and everyone is very individual, but generally speaking, these beliefs or versions of them, 
you can put your own spin and your own words with these virgins. They're pretty consistent across the board. Okay. And now I would also like to point out that if you have been able to identify what you're afraid of, okay, because this is a big point, and you have this awareness, so you have an awareness of the roadblocks that are constantly getting in your way, then I just want to say congratulations because you're on the path. This is big. It's a big step. We need to like, it's a win to celebrate. Don't forget the people that I surveyed in the, in this, in the survey, they're part of this community. So, so listening right now, you are on the journey. That's why you're here. You're looking for answers. You're questioning your life in some way. You listen to the words of this podcast. You listen to the guests, you listen to the lessons and the messages and your, your internal life, like they mean something, it resonates. You're paying attention to your life and you're noticing things that aren't working for you anymore. But if I had surveyed 500 random people off the streets, all right, that didn't even know who I was, that don't have these questions, that don't, you know, listen or aren't seeking this type of information, I can almost guarantee you that most of the people would respond with either, with these two responses, either I'm not afraid of anything, which is like the ego protecting them from judgment, okay? Which is a big fat lie because everyone's afraid of something or else they wouldn't like, or else they would do it, right? Or they would say, I don't know, or a version of I don't know. So lack of any sort of depth or self-awareness, which is also fine, nothing wrong with that either, but that's what the, the 500 people, so if you are able to identify your roadblocks and what you're afraid of, that is awesome. Having a sense for what's holding you back and why you choose to invest or not invest your time and money and energy is huge, right? Or why you're choosing to actually continue on the path that you're on right now and investing your time and money and energy into the same patterns and loops that are keeping you exactly where you currently are, like that's huge, having that awareness, so well done. Now, I don't really talk about this much. However, I'm extremely confident, like 100% confident, that if you spent one month, meaning your time, your money and your energy, one month with me inside the Elisa Unfiltered Inner Circle, meaning you go through the lessons and the workbooks and you book in a call or two with me and you invest in yourself you will know exactly what's holding you back. You will know exactly why you do the things you do, why you believe the things you believe, why you think the things you think, and what you need to do to change that if those beliefs are and your thoughts are no longer serving you. You will have a clear, clear, clear path with exact things, all right? One month. <laughs> So let's go back to having knowledge versus knowing that comparison that I spoke of in the first two minutes of the show. I want to tell you a little story. And this is one of my fave stories, like analogies about how we are conditioned in our lives. I talk about this all the time, the conditioning, the domestication. And you may have heard me tell the story before. And if that's the case, listen again. 
All right. So this is a story about how we're conditioned to think and how our beliefs on life are formed. Okay. And this is the case for all of our beliefs and they may not be formed in this exact, exact scenario, but this is the general idea. So the topic I want to discuss is, um, relationship to food our relationship to food. Every everything in life is about relationships, right? Our relationships to everything, really. So, uh imagine a boy sitting at a table full of food with a plate full of food and his grandmother made that food for him and his grandmother is is saying eat all of your food and the boy is saying I am full. I don't want to eat any more of this food. So, the grandmother doesn't like that. All right? So she grew up with the belief that you need to eat everything off your plate. So she starts to get on the boy's case and says, eat all that food or you are not gonna have dessert. Well, right there, the boy now has a punishment. If I don't do this, I'm going to be punished. He's full, so he can't eat all of the food. He doesn't want to eat all of that food. Yet his grandmother keeps pressuring him to do that. All right? So then she says, there are starving children in Africa that would love that food. Look how lucky you are, how privileged you are to have this food on your plate and you're not eating it when there's starving kids in Africa. Okay, so what is happening now? There's an, an added level of shame to this. So now the boy is getting punished for not eating it. He's being shamed for not eating it and he's like shrinking. He's like, shit, she's going to be mad at me. She doesn't, uh, she's shaming me. So I'm going to eat the food. So he's there forever, but he finally finishes his plate and he's allowed to have dessert if he wants it and he's rewarded. Okay. So let's, let's imagine this scenario happening over and over again. Right. So I don't know, maybe once a week, once a month, several times he starts to he when he when he is full, what's going to happen? He's probably going to start not saying that he's full for fear that he will get punished and shamed and judged. Right. So he sits there and internalizes it. I mean, in some cases, he might speak up and get the punishment again and, and get the whole loop because that grandmother believes in those things. And she's teaching the son to not listen to his own body. There's a lot of ways that we can save that food for later, <laughs> reuse it. But honoring his hunger and fullness is, is coming into question here. So what happens when we fast forward to him being a teenager, being an adult, and he's going over to his girlfriend's house and his girlfriend's parents make food and he doesn't like any of it. What do you think he's gonna do? He's gonna eat it, whether he likes it or not, because if he doesn't, he has learned from his grandmother that he is wasting food, that he is disrespecting the person, right? And he can hear his grandmother's voice telling him, don't be disrespectful eat everything off your plate, have gratitude for this food. There are starving kids in Africa. And as he gets older and older, now he's an adult. 
Those thoughts, that voice is no longer his grandmother's voice. That voice now becomes his voice. He's the one saying it. He's the one saying it now to his kids. He believes that that is his voice, that is his belief, that it belongs to him, that he made it up. But really, he was conditioned and programmed to believe that way based on how he was raised, where he was raised, the cultural beliefs around food. And now this is where all the different beliefs are varied because we all come from different places. We all have different parents who have done different things, had different experiences. So what this story really tells you is that none of your thoughts and your beliefs are your own. You weren't born with a brain full of beliefs and thoughts at all. You were born a free spirit, a soul, right? That wanted love, shelter, safety. And all of the thoughts and the beliefs, even language, it was all programmed based on your parents and where you lived. And you agreed to that program at some point. You, you, and you became self-domesticated. Those stories, those beliefs that were told to you, you agreed to them. And now you believe that they're yours and you self-domesticate and you reaffirm them every single day. Every day you're reaffirming what you know. That is until you become aware and you allow yourself some space to question that. And you start to understand that, that more than one thing can be true at the same time. That's like kind of sort of the first level of awareness, right? So, but first there needs to be some dissonance. And this is what I was talking about earlier with the dissonance. When, when two conflicting beliefs live inside of your mind, like what happens there? How do you deal with that? It's chaos, really. Let's stay with the food theme. When it's your birthday and you always, always, always have a big slice of birthday cake on your birthday. But this year you're on like a really strict diet. What do you do? It's your birthday, you deserve the cake, this is your happy place, it's your tradition, it's the one time that you ever get to eat birthday cake. But now you're on a diet and if you eat it, you're gonna ruin all the hard work you've done. You might get fat, you're gonna have sugar again, you're gonna spike, it's gonna ruin everything, right? And you're trying to stay disciplined and you're trying to change your life. So how do you choose? How do you not judge the choice or hold like trust and integrity in the process of choosing? What part of you must you abandon so you can save face at a time like this? Because when two things are true, how do you manage that? This conflict is dissonance and it's necessary for growth. It's necessary to have those conflicts. Having those conflicts is not wrong. Making a decision and being sad about it is okay. But it's uncomfortable, isn't it? We haven't learned the skills to navigate how to hold two things to be true at once. And I mean, this is a very inconsequential decision for many. Most people feel a level of dissonance every single day in harder choices, relationships, work, how we're treated, how we treat ourselves. We loop, okay? We loop in the patterns of making these choices, right? Now, if you haven't listened to the episode that's actually, I think I published it just before this one. It's called Evolve or Repeat. Then you, then 
go back, listen to it. You'll have a much better idea of what I mean by looping, how we loop in the way we do things, how we loop in our ways and how to break that loop. So go back and listen to it. It's a very powerful message. So now that you have a sense or a taste of how everything you think you know has been programmed, that you think is yours, that you think are your beliefs, your thoughts, the voice in your head, how you get in your own way, you didn't learn that. Or excuse me, you, that that's not you, you learned that. You learned that every single thing, how you speak to yourself, you have witnessed it, you have seen it, you have agreed to it somewhere along the way. It is not you. It's been taught to you. Don't you think it would be an interesting experiment or idea or challenge to pay a little bit closer attention to that and possibly learn skills to detach yourself from some of those thoughts and some of those beliefs to give yourself a tiny bit of space to self-evaluate if that the way you were raised and how you were raised is something that you still want to believe in. And this has nothing to do with how much you love your parents or you love your country or your house or your life. Nothing. It's about evaluating the areas, the beliefs that keep you small, that keep you from your authenticity and speaking your truth. They keep you hidden I, I oftentimes, I like the analogy of hiding and shrinking your light, hiding and shrinking who you are for the sake of someone else. That space, that tiny bit of space is intuitive self-awareness. That's what it is. And that is how you break the loop. So I want you to imagine a world where investing in your growth meaning your, your, your mental and emotional growth to be specific, because that's the shit that we never, ever, ever like to look at. We like to look at things, physical change. We like to look at physical change. We, we, we put our self-worth in the physical, the outside shit that we can show people, right? Look at what I've done. I am thinner. My marriage looks perfect. Look at this perfect photo of how happy we are. My house Look at my house, it looks perfect. The design, my yard, my car, my hair, my nails, my wardrobe. Look at what I have. I am so happy. It's kind of hard to brag about your emotional reactions, <laughs> your ability to manage triggers, you know, your mental wellness, right? So anyways, I digress. So imagine investing in your mental and emotional wellness Imagine that it was as simple as buying a car when you need your own personal transportation or upgrading your laptop when you need it for work because you need certain programs and you need a speed and you need more space, right? You're, you're, you're evolving, you're growing and you need a new laptop. Those purchases are big, but when we need them, we always find a way to make it happen, right? We find a way. So why is it that when people are struggling mentally and emotionally, they're so reluctant to invest in outside help or support? Well, there are the obvious reasons, like the superficial objections, the, the, like I mentioned, the lack of money, the lack of time, you know? 
the know-how, the fear, and personal pride, really. And the, I should know this myself. I should know how to do this. I can handle myself. I know myself better than anyone else. But I believe that there is something that is much, much stronger holding everybody back. Okay? And it's a really hard thing to put into words or to grasp something I've observed. I've been coaching people for 15 years. Over the last 15 years of coaching, I've discovered that there's one common barrier, one, holding people back from investing in the mental health side, the mental health coaching, the strategies, the support. And it's all about the guarantee. What is the guarantee that it will work? Investing in your own personal self-growth is scary AF because you can't hold the end results in your hand. You can't show it off. Show people how you're successful here. You're growing. Your growth and how you will evolve is an unwritten chapter of the book and you don't know what it's going to look like in the end, right? So you're, you're afraid. Now, I understand why you might think investing in you in that personal growth is scary. When you buy a car, you get a car. When you buy a laptop, you get a laptop. When you start a diet even, you, you lose some weight initially. So you get the praise, you get the people to see the things that you have, you, they, they can see it from the outside. Even if the weight slowly returns, which it does by the way, 98% of the time across all diets worldwide, but you'll still do it for that short term like appearance. But what are you guaranteed to get when you invest in your mental and emotional well-being? What does that look like? The unknown result is terrifying and therefore many don't trust the path. But does everyone think investing in their personal growth is scary all of the time? Does everyone in the whole world think it's scary all of the time? The answer is no. All right, I want to give you a couple examples here and I've used these in the past as well because they're so good. And yes, this could be you. Let's talk about Oprah. As a young adult, Oprah saved her money. She took out loans. And she did that to learn and grow from her late mentor, Mia Angelou, who's like fantastic. Yes, Oprah. Oprah. She had a rough first half of her life. Like... If you don't know her story, go read about it. She has hardcore, awful, terrible things happen to her. Horrible. Poverty, pain, struggle, narratives that you can't even imagine exist. She does. And she knew that she didn't have the skills to heal it on her own. So she saved her money and she spent her money and her time and her energy and her mental and emotional health. And look at her now. Second example, uh, Tony Robbins. He worked as a part-time janitor. He was broke. He wasn't even making $40 a week. And he was struggling, struggling. He didn't want to live like that anymore. He didn't know what to do. And so he splurged on a seminar. He, this is a, a, cla- a really great story. He spl- the, this was, there was a three hour seminar from his now personal development coach, Jim Rohn. 
and he splurged on it. He spent everything that he had. And, and because he invested in his personal development coach, he changed the course of his life forever. And now one of the biggest, best, most impactful Tony Robbins quotes is, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. We've heard variations of that before. But right now you're doing what you've always done. And so you're going to just keep getting it the same way, right? Most coaches and mentors got to the place that they're at because of how they've chosen to invest in their internal growth, not the external. The external will come. Investing in the internal growth, the internal beauty, the internal struggles will lead to the external beauty and the external growth. But it starts inside of you first. And yes, it was scary for them. Yes, it's a risk, but it's also necessary. So what does everyone who invests in their own personal development do? Well, they do these four things. They trust the path that others have walked without having to see the results for themselves. They all want a better life and know that it's possible for them, even though they don't know what it looks like. They all believe in their own power and that it lives within them. The skills are there. They just have not been taught yet. You just haven't learned, but they believe. And the last one is that they all see the importance of a healthy mind. And that in today's world, we're not equipped to handle all of the stress and pressure on our own. Okay, so what kind of person are you? Are you the type of person that 10 years from now, you're going to have the same struggles and the same triggers and the same patterns, the same relationships with people that keep you in the loop, that keep you feeling unworthy and small and unhappy? Or are you going to be like Oprah and Tony Robbins and trust, want, believe, and invest in your own personal development? Remember, it's okay to be scared and still invest. It's okay to be scared and still grow. Be scared and still evolve into a version, a healed, happier version. Scary to do that. It's okay. But the choice to take that massive imperfect action is the only way to prove to yourself that fear is in the eye of the beholder. Because as it unravels, as you walk the journey, It's not that scary. You're like, fuck, this is awesome. (laughs) Like great stuff starts happening. Your life becomes easier. Managing instead of coping and suppressing becomes easier. And it's awesome. Okay, so if you want to choose the latter and you want to take my hand, I'm going to say this one time. This week is the only time I ever discount my program, the Elisa Unfiltered Inner Circle is having sort of like a Black Friday week sale. This is the only time all year that you can get the, the, the annual membership discounted. It's a full year of working with me. So many tools, so many guidance. And I tell you, if you do all the work in one month, you're going to see a massive shift and massive change. 
My one-on-one coaching program is for people who are ready to stop suffering and break the loop and empower themselves and evolve and equip themselves with new skills and new, a deeper level of self-awareness and shift and grow into their potential, right? Which, by the way, doesn't mean to blow up your entire life and change everything and lose all the people that you love. And no, 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 that does not happen. <laughs> that's a story, that is not true, okay? It's, that's the fear talking and it's bullshit. And for the record, if you do choose to invest your money and time and energy into this program, into the Elisa Unfiltered Inner Circle, which I will link in, uh, in the show notes here, or you can go to elisaunfiltered.com and check out the Elisa Unfiltered Inner Circle, I have a money back guarantee. If after 90 days, if you have done the work and you don't feel as though you have had any success and this just didn't work for you and you, and you, and no, I will give you your money back. There are some restrictions that apply. There are some rules that apply here, but I am so very confident in the process of this that I guarantee it. I've only seen incredible results from those of the people from the people that are in the program doing this stuff. They're making incredible changes and shifts. And it's like, ah, oh, it's crazy. It's amazing. And let me just say one last thing. I want you to live your best life. There is so much out there for you to experience and enjoy in life that you didn't know existed because of the way that you've been conditioned to believe and to think. So I invite you to look at the details of the Elisa Unfiltered Inner Circle. You get $200 off until Tuesday. I think that's November 30th. So if you're listening to this and the and the sale is over, I'm sorry. It's still available for you, just not with the $200. So you have to act now, like this is the time. Everything's literally laid out for you. You just need to choose you. So what kind of person are you going to be? Evolve or repeat? The choice is yours. Okay, I am over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. If you haven't done so yet, I'd love for you to share the love and head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify and give this show a five-star rating. I will be giving bonus points for those of you who leave a written review. And if you're looking for more, head over to elisaunfiltered.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time. 